0: Joe Biden addressed a socially distanced Congress last night. The highs, the lows, and what you should take away from the 46th president's first state of the union on this edition of the Palmetto Family Matters Podcast. Justin Hall, Dave Wilson, Mitt Prosser here with you. It wasn't a full house. There are very few masks on either side, and, and Dave, we'll start with you. The president touched on foreign diplomacy as well as domestic policy, laid out a lot of things without a lot of solutions. He
1: really took a, it was a presidential-style speech as opposed to what we've seen with Donald Trump, and that is, that is pure fact. Uh, if, if you were to have compared this speech to a speech of Ronald Reagan, topics would have been similar, themes would have been similar, but as you said a minute ago, The themes may have been similar, but the delivery was different, and the reality was at the end, when he started the laundry list of things that needed to be addressed because he's got to check some boxes, it became very apparent that this was a speech to begin to start touting more to the left, more to the left, but there were certain areas of the speech that were very American-driven, and I think that that is a, it was a, positive move on his part to try to unify a group of people. But then you get to the end of the speech and it's like, really? I mean, you're just going to basically flush
2: everything down the toilet. Right. Totally. In fact, if I were to... Uh, articulate this speech in a certain way. I think it's a, it, it was a stump speech. This this was a, a move toward the middle. He surrounded himself by people on the left and the right. This was what you would get in a typical stump speech. Build Back Better 2.0. This was Build America Stronger or Made in America or uh, Make in America I think was the exact quotation several times. But what you found last night was it was a play to the middle But as you just said, Dave, several times during the speech, he cheats. a few times he cheats hard to the left on a few key issues like gun control, women's rights, a.k.a. abortion, uh, LGBTQ plus movement, and that plus is there for a reason. And he even makes a statement during that section or segment of the speech, that element of the speech, where he says you need to be able to live out your God-given potential. Now, my mama my grandmama from south carolina said god don't make no junk if god created us in his image then to live out our god-given potential he created us according to genesis chapter 3 as male and female so those were just a few of my quick takeaways from the speech last
0: night well the big thing is the speech we, we talked about it yesterday before we went home and before we got ready to watch the speech the speech came in at an hour and two minutes which is about 45 minutes shorter than President Trump's last speech. Again, about maybe 10 minutes longer than I thought he would go. There were a couple times where I thought he was getting done. A few things to note, there were several key people not there. Not all the Supreme Court justices were there. The Texas delegation was not there. They had primaries yesterday. I I did notice, for what it's worth, he he didn't shake Amy Coney Barrett's or uh, Brett Kavanaugh's hand, but did shake the Chief Justice's hand, as well as Justice Breyer and uh, Justice Sotomayor. He started with Ukraine which makes the most sense. It's the most unifying thing he has right now. But he noted that he was leading and that America was leading NATO. There are wide reports that Europe is taking the lead and America is taking the back seat on this. But again, this was a moment, gallery standing up in unison and in unity, touting what America is doing to stop Russian aggression.
2: Dave, did you feel like the speech had been written for the most part for several months, possibly even around Christmas time? And then everything that developed over the last few days was added almost tangentially. The first few moments, minutes of the speech, everything about Ukraine, Russia, and Europe, by the way, he rarely ever mentioned China, almost all of those elements felt hasty. They were added in the last minute. Well, you have to keep
1: in mind, so having worked on speeches like this before for governors, uh, I can tell you with certainty, there are certain elements of a speech that you're not going to be able to Mm -hmm. get into until the last minute. I mean, that's just the element of a speech like this. Keep in mind, this goes back to constitutionally, the president is required to present to Congress a state of the union. Mm -hmm. Now, up until Woodrow Wilson, that was done in written form, yes. mm-hmm. but with the onset of radio, with the onset of television, with the internet, that it has become more of a spectacle. It's become more of an event that has gone on. And, and presidents have used it to set agenda. They have used it to push forward on policy. They've used it to basically have a pep rally for themselves for the most part. And, and in that, I think you're going to find that this particular speech, there were elements of this speech, like I said a little while ago, there were elements of this speech that were almost Reagan-esque right. in their themes. Who's going to disagree with being made in America? Who's going to disagree with we need to have more things that are coming from home? Who's going to disagree with the red, white, and blue? And, but those elements really, if you looked at the depth that goes underneath it, the policies that go behind it were tax and spend, tax and spend, tax and spend. And that is their mentality. I mean, when, when you call yourself a capitalist,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but at the same time, you're, you're switching out for other policies that don't fall in line with that. It's great sounding. And, and, you know, folks, when you're listening to this or you're watching this on Facebook, keep this part in mind. You're, Participating in this because you want to be educated on the issue. You want to know how do I think beyond just the sound bites because the sound bites sound really good. Yeah, but you've got to go by. You've got to go deeper than that. And you know how much of this was written beforehand. There was a good portion of this. This is probably was started probably back in December. Mm-hmm. Um, keep in mind most State of the Unions are in the right. January time frame. Right. This is March first. There there are reasons for that. There's mm-hmm. no requirement of what day it's got to be done. But I think when you take a look at what else was going on at the time, you're not going to do it during the Olympics. Right. So you, you bump back two weeks. We've been... The, this war going on with Ukraine and Russia, that's taken up at an entire week. And so it's, it's finally hitting at that particular point. Um, and it's just amazing, too, to watch what other things start going on, like mask mandates. Masks just...
0: Massive just gone away. Uh, right. and it it's has because nothing, of the it's because of the science. It has it nothing to do with the president giving the State of the Union. You stop that. It's science and they're following it. It just so happens the science matches up with what the president wants to do. Anyway, I want to get to the point of this. There's not a lot of substance here. He touted the unity of NATO, saying that we have the United States has unified NATO. That there are many reports that beg to differ. On the foreign policy side, he he mentioned securing and protecting the border, which I found very interesting. That elicited some jeers from from two members of Congress, two representatives. There was absolutely zero mention of Afghanistan. There was zero mention of that war ending uh, because pulling out all the troops means the war is over. And there was no mention. There was no victory lap on that. He couldn't take a victory lap. You can't no take possible a way. Lap on that, but there but was yes. no mention of it at all. So, and certainly that's one of the biggest foreign diplomacy gaffes of his administration. So, so, far. so
1: th- to help you at home understand why that is so important, you have to think about one, what is being talked about, but two, what is not being talked about, right. because those elements really begin to define what the president is trying to set out in an agenda. And that is really his purpose behind this speech.
2: So I'm taking a look at a Pew Research poll done back on January the 10th through the 17th of this year. And you'll notice some major themes here. The question was the percentage of people who say blank should be a top priority for the president and Congress to address this year. Number one, it's 71%. Almost uh, (laughs) two-thirds, scratch that, almost, hi, we're editing, almost three-quarters of Americans said strengthening the economy was the number one issue. 61% reducing the healthcare costs, 60% dealing with coronavirus outbreak, all the way at the bottom, 31% on dealing with drug addiction, 35% dealing with global trade. I think that's probably changed in the last few days. All of these things, and you'll notice These kinds of polls are put out before a State of the Union or while it's being written to incorporate those themes, those elements into the speech. So very important stuff so that he can speak to Americans about the issues.
0: He tackled the uh, American Rescue Plan and how it has helped, again, just looking at some things. He also mentioned that to help strengthen the American economy despite and in spite of the sanctions placed on Russia, that... He is now authorizing the release of 60 million barrels worldwide and 20 to 30 million domestically to, quote, and, I'm, and I and I put this down, ease the suffering of the sanctions. Now, 90 million barrels of oil sounds like a great thing, Dave. I'm paying $359 for gas right now. However, just a quick Google search. If you just type into your Google... How many barrels of oil do we use per day in the United States? It's right around 20.6 million barrels. So 90 million barrels is going to get us about four days worth of oil to really decrease on the crunch. And after that, after he said that, he gave my favorite line of the night, which was, we're going to
1: be okay. It was, it was <laughs> the lean in. It was the lean in. It, it was, was there.
0: So he talks about the American Rescue Plan. He talks about the bipartisan mm-hmm. infrastructure plan, how it's going to create more jobs. He he did mention there are some interesting notes here about who was in the gallery, who was a guest of the president. Starts of course with the Ukrainian ambassador, then the head of Intel because he mentioned that plant that is that is coming to Columbus, Ohio. He, he talked about COVID. He did a soft victory lap on COVID. Um, it it was it mm-hmm. was a we're going we we've we've done it well we've done well because of what we've done this administration. Uh, we still need to be careful. He did say we're going to continue to vaccinate the world, which. Mm-hmm. I find interesting, but it, we're still going to ship and out we're vaccines. we're
1: going to try to figure out how to vaccinate your under five-year-olds.
2: Right. Yes. That was concerning. Whether it's pills or vaccines, we're going to make sure all Americans... <laughs> we're,
1: we're going to do millions of pills. Yeah, yeah. Millions of pills. Millions of pills. Millions of pills. Uh, uh, pill push uh, your much. Uh, but we're also uh, going to
0: fight the opioid crisis. Uh, so no irony at a, in
1: that one. We're at, a, we're at
0: a new moment in the fight against COVID, and, and I and I took notes here, so I'm referring to these. He did mention this. This is something I think you need to take away as we begin to look at some major issues that are happening in our country and worldwide Mm -hmm. when we talk about ESG scores. He mentioned that the G7, 130 countries have agreed to a global minimum tax rate for corporations. So corporations can't skip out in America and go to Mexico or go to Canada or or wherever to, to place their businesses and take jobs there. He also mentioned that the Justice Department is naming a chief prosecutor... To hunt down any sort of pandemic fraud, you know, in twenty twenty two, the pandemic's mostly over again. Not that that's a bad thing. I think people who took advantage of the system need to be held accountable for taking advantage of the system. I just think again, it's all for me. It's always been about precedent. And once you set a precedent, what's the outflow from that? That that's where I'm at with that.
1: So it it oftentimes a speech like this will give a president a bump in the polls. Mm-hmm if you go back and you take a look at the, at the composite poll numbers at real clear politics, and they do a real good job of giving the the aggregate average on yeah, this one. Absolutely. you know the the president's approval numbers dropped and the, the, the cross line between where his approval numbers dropped and his disapproval numbers went up, that cross point was August of last year. Yeah. for obvious reasons. what happened
2: August of last the year
1: abs, the <laughs> abject failure of everything that took place That's right. in Afghanistan he he's had some ups and downs ups and downs the, the reality is right now his his approval ratings at forty point six percent his disapproval rating is at fifty four point four that is a thirteen point eight percent spread that is a difficult thing to overcome he'll get a few uh bumps of a few yeah. points up because of this speech but reality is he's going to have to figure out how to regain a level of relationship yeah with the legislative branch keep in mind there are three branches of government he has to be invited Mm -hmm. to congress to give this address because the legislative branch is inviting the executive branch to come in and give a level of a of the state of the union the judicial branch is different but the interesting part is this when you begin to look at what he is laying out again it sounded very much like a pro-america stance mm-hmm. and i think the poll numbers are going to show that appropriately the other side of it though is all of the other little things and again it's really the last 15 minutes of the speech that you listen to where it starts checking off the laundry list of items that we need to make sure that we're checking right. and, and discussing and that is a real big concern and that was his pivot to the left to be able to he's, he's fearful of the squad and the fact that the squad is trying everything that this is for representatives uh democratic representatives in uh in congress how much they are trying to pivot the democratic party harder to the left and that's going to be something that you have to keep in mind as you're looking at this in its totality and so what comes out of that he is going to really have to start working with congress if he wants to get anything passed and you know, I appreciated the virtue signaling that that Chuck Schumer tried to do right. the day before yeah. in putting out a vote in the Senate on an abortion law. Women's that, health day. Women's health <laughs> that did not pass. <laughs> right. No, it didn't. We, and and with with, with the pro life support of Senator Manchin out of West Virginia, is. right, which. You know, Chuck Schumer was trying everything he can to get a vote on the record, to get a whip count, honestly, Mm -hmm. to see what he can move and how far he can move. Because this is what we're going to begin to see out of this. You are having a confluence of things happening. You've got the Dobbs case that we've talked about before. So how much will abortion be restricted and changes made to Roe versus Wade? You've got the Senate trying to figure out how they can pass an abortion law because we actually don't have a federal law on the books. Correct. It is a judicial decision in Roe versus Wade. And then you've got the the attempts that are going to now be made by the executive branch to push forward on an extension of these under the guise of women's health. And, And we're not making everything about the abortion issue. But if your your viewpoint on this is one of the expendability of children, mm-hmm. of life, you got to start asking the question: How much does that, for his phrase, to trickle down right into the other issues that are going on? Yeah. And I think I think we see that.
2: Totally. So if you and and if you're listening right now and you're thinking, man, we're not being hard on the president. We're taking an honest, objective look at the State of the Union speech last night. I think there were a couple areas where we could agree on. But even inside of those areas that we could agree, I thought a couple of them might have been political ploys. One, beating the opioid epidemic. At Palmetto Family, we are focused on the opioid crisis here, not just worldwide, not just nationwide, but here in South Carolina, we're we're gaining the research, we're hitting the state on those issues. Mental health, there's no doubt that the pandemic, its greatest toll on Americans was mental, emotional health. Supporting our veterans, of course, this is when uh, a congresswoman from Texas shouts out 13 of them. The president talks more about burn pits than anything, which I thought was very strange. Um and then the fourth thing and this is the one to me that felt like the biggest political ploy or prop. He says, "We're going to end cancer as we know it." This was the typical, "We're going to cure cancer." Now, if unless you've watched The West Wing or anything like that, we know this is a political prop. This is, "Okay, don't pay attention to what's going on over here. We're going to end cancer." He's going to set up ARPA? I don't remember exactly what it stands for, and neither does he because he fumbled those words a couple times, but that's okay. He talks about funding just like we had for DARPA, for ARPA, for health. And we're going to be funding things way out there into the future because we don't know now what tomorrow will bring.
1: Well, that goes back to a concept that Obama pushed out there that he was actually leading in 2012, 13, 14, the cancer moonshot. Yes. Mm-hmm. That same idea of the attitude and the direction that we took as a country to put a man on the moon Yes. in the 60s, that same type of approach. That is not a bad thing. Sure. The fight against cancer. I mean, we've got a lot of friends. You've got friends and family mm-hmm. who you know right now are dealing with cancer. But those were rallying, those four rallying points were we're thinking everybody's gonna sit there and go, Well, yeah, we all agree. We should support our veterans. We should be working on this. We should have better mental health care. We should really be addressing the fact that 100,000 Americans in a one-year period lost their lives to opioid drug overdose. 100,000 Americans. And this is where I think the the writers of the speech tried everything that they could Mm -hmm. to begin to coalesce. A very good American-sounding, everybody rally together kind of speech, but you still have to back it up with the policies right. Right. that show that.
0: Well, that's why we started out with saying there were a lot of promises made, a lot of things said, but there's not a lot of depth to many of them. Uh, he did mention, by the way, just really quick as we begin to wrap things up, he did take a victory lap on the nomination uh, of Ketanji Brown Jackson to mm-hmm. the Supreme Court, took a chance to honor Justice Breyer there, which is. Which is uh, rare to, to to point out a specific justice and S- Justice Breyer was very hesitant to stand up, but he did, and that was a good moment. I, again, he did mention there are a couple things. He he drifted, tried to make the appearance like he drifted to the conservative side a little bit, securing and protecting the border. He also, Which hasn't happened. He also <laughs> said, and I quote: "The answer is not is to fund the police." Yeah. Not defund the Backpedal police. Backpedal as hard and as fast and as you can. And people cheered. I, they don't realize that we can go back and watch interviews for seven minutes.
1: Well, it's very interesting. So so on, if you've ever been to Washington, D.C.,
2: mm-hmm.
1: there's the, the side of the White House that faces the mall, which faces towards the Washington Monument. On the other side of the White House, the the road that goes back behind there was painted on the road... Defund the police one block from the White House when Donald Trump was in there. Yep. Because that was the rallying cry. That was the rallying cry that burned police cars in the city of Columbia mm-hmm. during the midst of peaceful protests. Peaceful. Mostly peaceful protests. Mostly peaceful protests. So it is, let us now claim what we were trying to unclaim previously right. And it's a two-step, folks. It's the Potomac two-step. And if you understand that concept, it is very easy. It is this. In Washington, D.C., I'm going to say one thing this way to to, to, win, to strike points in one direction, but do not be surprised when I go absolutely flip it just the opposite a little while later to get a direction and to get a guidance and, and and to make a point to score people back over to my side, so you can either listen to this speech and go, "Oh my gracious, he's wanting to fund the police," mm-hmm. or
0: it's... you can
1: look at it and go, "We're just reeling back in, and we're playing
0: a we're playing a political game, which is trying to get back to moderate the moderate middle." Right. Middle mode.
2: By the way, your trivia for the day: you know what the road is that defund the police was painted on? Sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue.
0: There's, there you go. there's that the president's approval ratings according to 538 he is minus 12 53% disapprove 41% approve but again he did he did give that rallying cry the four-pointed unity agenda to wrap up the speech and finally the last thing now is the hour our test of resolve our purpose can be found in this hour we need to protect freedom and liberty and we need to save democracy now that's a cry back to passing the john lewis voting rights mm-hmm. act the equality act and the freedom to vote act that's that's what he wants passed and then finally the, Gerald Ford during one of his state of the union said the state of the union is not good Joe Biden last night the president said the state of the union is strong stronger than it was a year ago now that's ignore, a relative statement ignore the price of oil ignore the price of eggs chicken beef anything and ignore the fact that we pulled out in a botched way in Afghanistan. Ignore the fact that Russia has now invaded Ukraine. And we're kind of not really doing much other than sanctions. We're strong. We're good. But
2: he says this, and I think it I think it. it, it may be a non sequitur, but I think it is worth noting. He says the state of the union is strong because you are strong. It's almost as if he's saying, because you're strong, everything's good. It's all going to be okay. Yeah. We're going to be fine. Yeah. Because you're strong. Yeah, Americans are strong. If you're listening to this right now, you're informed. You know what's going on. You're strong. But just because you're strong doesn't mean
0: everything's going to be okay. It's not. It it doesn't quite work like that. If you didn't watch the State of the Union, I encourage you to watch it. I encourage you to watch the Democrat and Republican responses to the State of the Union. It's important to know what goes on on the periphery and understand what they're talking about. Because keep in mind, it is not usual
1: for the party of the president to give a response to a State of the Union. That's strange. That is not typical, which tells you this. Listen to what Rashida, Rashida Tlaib said because she is positing for Squad. the further left <laughs> par- portion of the Democratic Party.
0: By the way, he ended the speech, and it's all in the podcast today. Thank you for joining us, by the way, on Facebook and on YouTube as well. The president ended last night by saying, go get them. That's right. Go get them. They them, not them, not he, not she. Go get them. We'll see you guys on Friday here on the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. Go get them, guys.